So I'm just going to first start off with just sharing my own personal story. And so um, my name is Erica Jordan Thomas. For those of you whom I haven't met, uh, I am a Buckeye girl. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I consider Columbus, Ohio to be home. I also call Mississippi home where my mother was was born and raised and where my family lives. Uh, and I consider Charlotte, North Carolina to be home. So after undergrad, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, lived there for a decade, was a teacher, was an instructional coach, an assistant principal, and then a middle school principal. And so uh, middle school is where my leadership heart is. And I, I share that at the time I was in my third year of my principalship, there were some district policies that were shifting and changing that really led me to to explore what my next chapter was. And it was a really, really hard decision. I had to grieve the decision for a little bit because I absolutely love being a principal. And for me, and trying to figure out what my next chapter was, I consider consulting. And so I was in a little bit of a safe space, but also a transitional space of I had a job. Um, I made the decision that I was going to leave my role the following year, um, but I didn't know what was next. And so I took advantage of this time while I still had a role. I was like, you know what, let me kind of dabble in this thing called consulting um, because I just want to well, like, while I have this safe space, I'm, I still have a paycheck. I still have a job. Let me just kind of like figure this out and see if this is something that I like, um, if this is something that feeds me, if it gives me joy. And for me, I really wanted to center around supporting school leaders and principals. And so I'm obsessed with school leadership. I deeply believe that in order to move education, we absolutely need great teachers and great teachers need great principals. So I have never ran into a school, a great school that does, isn't led by a great principal. And a great principal just creates this trickle-down effect of really allowing for teachers to really lean into their best selves, for students and communities to feel welcome, to show up as their authentic self, for great instruction to take place, for the whole child to be addressed. And so I just deeply believe in the role of the principal. And so when I thought about consulting, I was like, you know what? I want to support school leaders. I've had the opportunity to go through some amazing professional development. I had a whole toolkit of, of tools, of learning, professional development. I, I, I led a pretty large school. So my instructional leadership team was about 10 people. Um, and every Friday I gave professional development from nine to 12. And so I had tons of professional development stacked up. I was like, you know what? I want to be able to really turn this around and give this to other school leaders because unfortunately professional development for my teachers uh, that are that are with us, you all know that it's really hard to find good professional development. And the same thing is true at the principal level. It's really, really hard to find good quality professional development. So decided to step out on faith and kind of dabble in that. And now three, almost three years later, I launched my consulting business, formally launched. And when I say formally launched, I mean, I registered my business with the state in October, 2017. And now th almost three years later, I am now a full-time doctoral student. So I left the principalship in 2018 and moved to Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, so I live in New England. I'm still adjusting to New England. <laughs> I don't think this is this is my climate uh, weather-wise as well as many otherwise. But anyway, I'm here to get some education. And uh, it, I'm in a full-time doctoral program here at Harvard Graduate School of Education. And I deeply miss the South. I miss North Carolina. I miss warm weather. I miss 
I cook out. I miss Bojangles. Like I miss everything that is the South. And so uh, for my Charlotte folks who are in the chat, you all uh, know know what I miss. I miss Cheerwine. I miss all those good things. So um, it gives me gives me definitely a little bit of, of warmth to, to know there's some Charlotte folks who are in here with us. So uh, so that's kind of like a little bit of an overview of my story. So it's three years later that I've launched my consulting business. The first eight months of my consulting business, I paid off all my credit card debt, um, which was was really a blessing. Um, and to be transparent, you know, I can't say for sure that I would have been able to dive right into a full-time graduate program without a full-time income um, had it not been for consulting because it funded my move um, as a a first-year student. um, I had to scale back a little bit, but I still took on some full-time opportunity or some consulting opportunities. um, And it allowed me to be a full-time student in my 30s. (laughs) And so like, you know, being back in school in your 30s is not the same uh, when you're in your 20s or your teens. And so it allowed me to live comfortably uh, as, as a a graduate student and also have some choice, you know? So I I didn't have to take all these opportunities, whether it was, you know, a teaching fellow or uh, summer opportunities. I didn't have to do those things for the money. I could really prioritize, well, what do I want to learn? And then, and then make those decisions there. So it's just honestly just been a real blessing. And I will say that in the beginning, I did have some messages that popped up for me around like, oh, well, will anybody want to buy my services? Like, well, do I have enough experience to do this? And so that's why I really wanted to have this conversation around moving past fear to start your consulting business. Because early on, and I would actually say still now, like I have to manage those messages. Um, And so I want to talk about what those messages are. And so I came up with four of them, not saying that these are the only four, but um, these are the ones that, you know, I feel like are most common in terms of of this journey um, and just want to talk about them a little bit. And if you all have questions, feel free to drop those in the chat. Happy to answer those as well. Uh, really related around the topic of starting your own consulting business. So, um, so let's kind of transition and jump into it. So the first fear that I think can come up for you or anybody um, in thinking about starting the consulting business was, well, do I have enough experience? And I really think this is a really interesting question. And I think this happens a lot um, in the education space and, and probably in other sectors too, is of course, there's something really valuable about experience. Absolutely. And I would shift the question a little bit to consider what results do you have? And if you have results, then you have some knowledge base that you could offer up to other people who are in, in search of those same results. So I, I, I want to address there's sometimes this misconception that um, experience equals effectiveness. And, and, and many, in some cases, that's true, but that's not always the case. So, you know, some folks who may have, you know, years and years of years of experience, that doesn't always necessarily mean that, you know, they they have quality results for kids. Um, and then there, there are, are, you know, the other end of the coin where 
there's actually really, really deep experience that has led to really consistent, significant results. So I want to acknowledge that side too, but I just want to shift that question a little bit to ask yourself less about your experience and quantifying that of how many years and more so flip the question to what results do you have? Because that's really the credibility that you need in order to gain clients, to to let people know basically your receipt of like, this is what I've done. This is what I accomplished. And if this is something you're interested in, and accomplishing too. Like I can walk alongside you on your journey and support. And so I think that's fear number one is folks really asking, well, or questioning if they have enough experience. And I would just urge you if you're asking yourself that question to, to re- kind of reframe it of, well, what results do you have? And get really, really clear on those results. And that's what you need to be communicating to your audience. And so if you're asking that first question, I would encourage you to do a little bit of brainstorming around what your results are. And I think as educators, this is probably one of those um, tasks that might be uncomfortable, Um, but you need to get comfortable with your results because when it comes to people spending their money and making an intentional choice to, to purchase from you, it is an act of trust. And results builds trust. Like people want to know what have you done and have you actually solved the problem in your own context that I'm trying to solve in my context. So that's that's I think the the first fear that I would um, that I think comes up a lot is do I have enough experience? And if you're asking yourself that I, again, I would urge you to reframe the question of what are your results, and then would take a little bit of time to just brainstorm um, what your results are. Hey, Sean. <laughs> All right. So that's the first fear that comes up. And so fear number two is, and this actually, I, I would say this one didn't come up as much for me, but I'm hearing this a lot from people who are interested in launching their own consulting business is fear of what their colleagues or their boss might think, which I think is a really, really interesting one. I actually got this question this week in my IG story when um, I asked some folks, you know, what was holding them back or what were some of the fears that they had. And this one came up and it's come up before in some conversations with folks. So I thought this one was really interesting to address. And so I think it's helpful to unpack this fear a little bit um, of a fear of what our, our boss or our colleagues might think. And when I say unpack it, I think this is I think what's underneath it potentially is this fear that we would inconvenience somebody else. And um, this fear of by us living big and dreaming big, that someone else might be offended, that someone else um, might take issue with that. And um I think my thoughts or response to that is that we're not obligated to to live small in response to other people's feelings. And so I really wanted to address this one because it's come up a number of times that, I mean, it's, it's your choice ultimately of who you share your business with. And if your business doesn't interfere with your full-time role, meaning you show up in the same way, then I don't believe that you're you're obligated to center the thoughts and ideas of your colleagues and your boss. 
So um, I just wanted to share that because I think some sometimes we center and prioritize too much other people and we allow that to get in the way of our dreams and what we want to be true for ourselves. And actually other people aren't centering us in their decisions. <laughs> and so if that's one that's coming up for you, I would honestly like, I would honestly kind of think through um, what, why you would be kind of centering other people's priorities over your own. Um, and I think, I think we do that a lot. I know I've, I've been guilty of doing that. And I think, you know, part of me of what I kind of tell myself is just like at the end of the day, like I have to live my life for me. And, you know, if I, I still show up in the way that's best for my colleagues, that's best in my role. Um, if, you know, someone has a question about what I do in my consulting business, you know, I, I'll answer it if it's appropriate, but you know, that really, I'm not obligated to live anybody else's, up to anyone else's standards, but my own. And so I think that's a really good question. And if you're kind of struggling with that, then I would I would just kind of reframe around like, what would it actually look like for you to center your dreams? What would it look like for you to center your passions versus anybody else? Um, and just be clear around like setting the boundaries so that way it doesn't impact your role. So, and I think some of that could look like, you know, uh, how you... Um, maybe only accepting certain engagements outside of work hours, which was what I did when I started. Um, I was still a principal. And so all of my engagements were on the weekend. Or if there was like a really, really great opportunity that like you just can't pass up for your business, whether it's financially or the opportunity itself, then maybe you um, and, and it happens during the week. Then if you have a PTO day, you can take your PTO day. Like that's what PTO days are for. Like you don't have to give a reason. <laughs> and so it's your business. It's your PTO day. You do what you want with it. Um, and so I think that's that's the second fear and, and kind of some thoughts there. So um, that's fear number two. Fear number three that I hear a lot is the fear of putting yourself out there. And um, a lot of times I hear this in terms of like leveraging social media and folks kind of not not always like being 100% comfortable with the use of social media as a tool to share the story of your business, to share your narrative as a consultant or as a business owner. And so I think this fear is a really, really good one to talk about because it's so common. And honestly, it's one that I still have to manage for myself. Like, I remember my first IG Live, which wasn't too long ago, like, I had to get my mind right. Like, I'm just like, oh my goodness, IG Live, like, I am going to be live with the people, like, let me like Google and research to make sure that I'm not like a Teddy Riley and like my sound is all crazy. And like, I just like, I, I just remember feeling like this like level of nervousness about it. And guess what? Like after I did it, it was fine. And each time that I get back on, like my sense of ease and comfort increases. And so I think this is one of those things where like the, the hardest step is the first step. And I think to help you make that first step, to really think about the the potential positive outcomes as a result of putting yourself out there rather than centering the fears of what might potentially happen. So I think what's really interesting is sometimes we center our fears 
that keeps us back from doing something. And when we really think about the likelihood of those fears happening, it's actually pretty small. So for example, we have this fear of putting ourselves out there and we have this fear of, well, because if I post this, maybe somebody won't like it and they'll disagree. And if we actually think that through, well, 95% of the time, actually probably like 99% of the time, you don't know because people are, are, aren't going to comment or respond if they disagree or they're less likely to. And that 1% of the time, let's say someone disagrees with you and they do share that, well, just respond or not respond. Like you choose what to do with it. And so I think it's helpful, like when we think about like those fears related to putting ourselves out there and actually think them through, like the the steps that we would take or like, thinking through the the steps of if they would happen is actually like, okay, actually it wouldn't be that bad if that happened. Like I would just address it or I would decide something else or maybe I ignore it. Like to actually think through those fears to begin to rationalize them of like, what's the likelihood of those things actually happening? And then if it did happen, what would I do? And would I be comfortable with that? So if you have this fear of really putting yourself out there, I would encourage you to think about like, what is the consequence that you fear the most that you think might happen? And then asking yourself the question of what's the possibility that it actually might happen? And then if it does happen, what would you do? And when you think through those things, I think sometimes they can that can give you a little bit of comfort and be like, okay, it actually wouldn't be that bad. Just to help you take that first step. And the hardest step is the first step. And once you t- do it for the first time, it gets easier. So I think that that most certainly um, would be uh, just some things that you could do if you've been, you know, kind of, thinking through that fear, wrestling with that fear. And I'll tell you, I um, just launched a a new coaching program um, and have 16 folks in this coaching program and a part of their their survey that they complete when they enroll in the program is how did they hear about me? And about 80% of them heard about me through social media. Like I never met them before. And so it's just a testament to just the power of of the tool and the message um, that you can, you can, leverage and craft and you have the choice of what you share. So you don't have to share anything that you're not comfortable with. So I mean, I would just kind of think about some of those things if, if that's one of the things that you're kind of wrestling with. And then fear number four, which is the last fear that I I was thinking about is like this fear of like, well, where do I start? Or this fear of like, well, I don't have enough information. I don't even know how to even go about doing this. And I think the fear around like knowing what to do um, is because sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming. And I think this is a good one to kind of talk through because I think this is where you have the opportunity to really practice what's going to be needed in your business of really just figuring it out. And so I think for me, when I first started early on, I mean, it was a little bit of like, okay, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. So let me go talk to people who are doing consulting and ask them. Or like, let me just Google or or let me buy a book. So I bought Million Dollar Consulting and started reading that book. And so really just like going to find the information that you need, whether it's through people, whether it's through Google, whether it's through a book that there's so much information at your fingertips that if this is something that you really want to do, that the answers exist. It's just a matter of you finding them. So I think that's a a, a really, really um, 
interesting place that I've heard a lot of people who are really interested, they're just like, I, I'm just not quite sure where to start. There's tons of tons of, of resources available to you. So one piece that I do just want to share um, is I do have a six-week consulting program called Get Launch Consulting, which is for phenomenal educators that walks them through how to build the foundations of their business and really be able to launch. And when I think about this program, for me, it really centers around educators having the opportunity to expand their impact. So, I mean, it's really clear that now more than ever, like our schools and communities need really thoughtful support around how to solve some really complex and challenging issues. And some of them are not new. Some of them have compounded and some of them are new questions. And there are amazing educators who've done really amazing work that could be working hand in hand with school districts, just walking them through or thinking through uh, some of these really complex issues. And so for me, I get really passionate about school districts having the support that they need to do what's best for kids because leading is hard. It's really, really hard. I also get really passionate about communities, educators, specifically Black communities, communities of color, having access to financial wealth. And so for me, consulting has really been an opportunity to expand my impact, walk in my purpose, and be able to to build financial freedom and to have choice. And so that's really what Get Launch Consulting is about. It's a program for phenomenal educators to be able to expand their impact as well as building financial freedom. So it's a six-week program. I've already launched two cycles and I am getting ready to launch cycle three, which I'm really, really excited about. And so if that's something that you might be interested in, there's a link in my bio for you to click to join the waitlist. And I'll be sending more information about the waitlist uh, or more information about the program and when enrollment opens. Um, so those on the waitlist will be the first to, to know when the program opens. And so um, I'm just really excited about that. So that's just a resource if that, especially if that fourth fear or any of the fears, but that fourth fear for sure. If you're like, well, where do I even start? Like, I got you. Like, I can help you out. Um, and then the, 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 the fears one through three, we also talk about two in the program. And so it's just been really beautiful to see folks in our community really be able to soar and fly and really just step past the fear. And again, like I said, like, it's not, I don't know if the fear ever actually goes away. You just get better at managing it. And you get better at like suppressing that doubting voice and just like going for it. And so this is, you know, my my way of saying to you, if you're you're like kind of like, I think I want to do this. I think I want to do it. Like, do it. Like, just go for it. Absolutely. I'm here. I'm cheering you on. I am rooting for you. Absolutely. And so I'm just excited that we had the opportunity to spend some time together in community. 